You know, I realized this morning that uh, that the three. This is now the third time that I've been introduced to you in a fairly scripted way. And uh, if you don't know me, my name's Lad Chapman, and I'm one of your pastors here. So it's probably odd that you don't know me. I'm the South Campus pastor. We've been here for a couple of months, and I just want to say thank you for having me here this morning. Are you guys happy? All right. It's good to have you. This is just about the coldest, rainiest, happy beach morning that I could dream of, right? (laughs) What happened to summer? It just goes away, doesn't it? All right, so we watched it. Well, man, we are happy to be here this morning. If it's your first time, we want to say welcome to K2. We want to tell you that it is like this every morning. Every time you come is going to be just like this, right? All right, no, not quite. But we want to have fun, and we want to talk today about something that we all want. We all want to be happy. How many of you wake up in the morning and say, man, I hope I have a terrible day? (laughs) Nobody hopes for a terrible day. How many of you wake up and you just know that there's a right side of the bed and there's a wrong side of the bed, and if you could choose, you'd choose the happy side of the bed, wouldn't you? Absolutely, every day. How many of you know that you want your kids to get up on the happy side of the bed? Absolutely. Man, we have an 11-year-old, and our kids, you know, sometimes you just wake up and they're just like you. Sometimes they just aren't happy. Well, anyways, we're going to talk about happiness today. You guys with me? All right. Well, thanks for having me here this morning. I'm going to take this off. And uh, this hammock is nice. It's a good way to start. Hey, let me pray for us as we get started, all right? Lord God, thank you. Thanks for bringing us here this morning. Thanks for our our life and our health. Thank you for all the things that you've given to us. God, you provided us with such goodness. God, I pray that we would be be happy in the circumstances you create for us. And God, would you lead us this morning? Would you speak to us this morning? Um, Just talk to us from your word about this issue of happiness. Because we know we all want it, uh, but we know that we don't have it all the time. Would you talk to us about this, God, so that we'd know where we're supposed to land? So we know where we're supposed to be. So we know what we're supposed to think about happiness and what we're supposed to pursue in life. So we pray these things in the name of Jesus because you're strong. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, what did we say? What did we say made us happy? Do we have some of those answers? What did we say made us happy? Do we have any of those things up? I don't know if we have them or not, but what are some of the things? What are some of the things? Just shout them out that made you happy. Grandkids. Grandkids. All right. Family. Tell your neighbor right now one of the things that you said that made you happy. Tell your neighbor. All right. All right. That's good stuff. There's so many things that make us happy. You know, there's nothing quite like the beach to make us happy, is there? I tell you what, you have a chance to have uh, a little bit of uh, rest with your family, to sit by some palm trees, to enjoy a nice drink. There is nothing quite like vacation to make you happy, is there? We all know that we love happiness. I bet you guys can't wait until you get one of these. It's going to make you happy. I don't know what it is about these umbrellas, 
just by definition, if you get a drink that has one of these come in a cup, you just know that you're in a happy place, don't you? You just, you know, when I have breakfast, I don't have one of these in my cup. When I have coffee in the morning, it doesn't come with one of these. When I have dinner and lunch on a normal basis, it, there's something special about celebration and about happiness. There's nothing quite like a beach. How many of you like palm trees? How many of you say palm trees make you happy? All right. Do you know, go, go ahead and find it in Ezekiel, not now, later. There's a book in the Bible called Ezekiel, a prophecy about eternity. And God says that in the eternal temple that he will reside in forever, do you know what's carved into the walls in that temple where his presence will be? There's only one tree and it's palm trees. And I think there's a reason for that. We all love the beach. We know it. And, and forever, God says, inscribed in his house where his presence is going to be is going to be palm trees. And I'm hoping I get to be around that as well. Man, we love things like the beach, places that bring you happiness. You know, our default, our default is to want happiness. Have you noticed that? As kids, as children, do your kids want to be happy? Absolutely. They want to be happy and they know right now what they want to be happy, right? I want my juice and I want it now and I'm not going to be happy until I get it. Or I want my toy and I want it now and I'm not going to be happy until I get it. But for all of us, happiness is ingrained in us. What's our, what's our declaration of independence as a country? Who we are as a people says that we as a people, we're going to pursue life, liberty, and what? The pursuit of happiness, just as who we are. Definition of who we are is the pursuit of happiness. And even here in Sunday school, maybe not here, but maybe where you grew up in Sunday school, do you remember the song that said, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. And find it anywhere in the Bible and I've got five bucks for you. You know what I mean? It's a great song that we give to our kids, and there's a bit of truth to it, but we sell our kids happiness right from the start. And yet you and I know that happiness doesn't come every moment. You don't get an umbrella in your coffee every morning, do you? It's not like that. So really the question in my mind is this. It's like, okay, God, I know I want to be happy, and I know there are things that make me happy, And to me, this is the question we're asking this morning. So think about this. God, do you really want us to be happy? That's really the question we're asking. As followers of Christ, God, do you really want us to be happy? And that's really the question when we say we want it all. Everybody wants everything good. Nobody wants bad things. Nobody wants to be unhappy. And so really the question that we're asking is, God, do you want us to be happy? And if you do, then what does that look like? So man, I want to, look, I want to dive with you. I want to get to work with you in the Bible and just really think through this question of what is happiness and does God want us to be happy? All right, can we go there? Are you with me? Yeah. All right. So what is happy? Um, you know, good things make us happy. Good things make us happy. Just think about it. Um, okay, let's start men. Men, how many of you like a good tool? All right, a good tool. How many of you like a good tool? Men, how many of you know the difference? Just, you can be blindfolded. You put your hand down on a cheap wrench or a good wrench. Can you feel it right away? 
Absolutely. Maybe wrenches aren't your thing. Maybe it's garden tools or whatever. You know the difference between a, a cheap set of shears and a good set of shears? And there's something about a good tool that makes us happy. Don't you agree? How many of you have, have kind of saved up and you bought that good power drill? You know, like a, a cordless uh, drill, like maybe an 18 volt. You know what I'm saying? There is nothing like a good 18 volt drill that actually lasts for more than 10 minutes and it actually gets work done. Do you know what I'm saying, guys? Is there only two of you or am I the only one? All right. So you got to understand, I, I just was in Africa for six years and in Africa... Man, people interact hugely, all right, when you're speaking. And uh, sometimes you can't even hear yourself. It's so crazy. But so how many of you guys like a good tool? All right. Okay, that's a little better. All right. Now, there's something about a good tool. Now, and maybe your tool is, maybe you've been using a laptop for three years. And you know, a laptop's only good for, and then you, you upgrade and maybe you get a new tablet or a new, there's just happiness in a good tool, isn't there? Don't you think? Get a new good tool, there's happiness. All right, ladies, um, so my, my wife loves her kitchen. And so if, you, if you're happy with your kitchen, there's something good about that room, isn't there? Yes. You're just happy with it. Or maybe you get a new mixer. Maybe there's a new brand of mixer that you want and you like to bake. Just using that good tool, it makes you happy, doesn't it? It doesn't change the whole day. It doesn't change that there's work to be done, but it makes you happy. How many of you would rather iron with a good iron than a cheap iron? There's absolutely. I'm telling you. Now, some of us would not, rather not iron at all, right? Okay. But I'm, <laughs> that might have been a terrible example, I guess. Um, but there's, there's happiness that comes from something that's good. Um, I think God wove it into us. Check out in Genesis where he made us. We're going to go back to Genesis 1. And uh, in Genesis 1, here's what it says. It says, God saw all that he made and it was very good. There was evening, there was morning on the sixth day. And the next verse says, are we there? All right. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. And God says, as he just sets out and as he makes the world, he looks at everything. He looks at creation, the earth, the animals, at Adam and Eve and their union together. And he says, it is very good. And he rests just right from the start. And goodness, goodness was created into us here, into the earth and and there seems to be a sense of happiness and completion in the goodness that God created there. And I think you and I long for that same. It's, you know when like a baby is born? Uh, we had a, a baby in the South Campus born a couple weeks ago. The Bellin family had a baby. And uh, there is nothing like the good joy and the happiness of birth, right? All right? It's good stuff. The Man, the smell on a new baby's head, it's just... It's wonderful. There is happiness that comes from goodness. All right? What else does happiness come from? So there's goodness. Then there's also pleasure, which is a little different than goodness. Um, there's happiness that comes from pleasure. All right? What are some, some pleasures that you can think of? All right? What's, food. Food. How many of you love 
pleasing food, good food. How many of you love good food? All right. Most of you. All right. The rest of you don't eat. Okay. Um, good food. We love good food. There's nothing like a good meal. And how many of you just, do you have in your, like in your family, uh, whether you're married or with your parents or how many of you kind of have in your mind a catalog of great evenings? Any of you? Like Crystal and I, my wife's name is Crystal, and um, we have just a number of evenings in our mind that are just great, pleasurable evenings. You know, like kind of like a top five nights. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and there's something about those nights that's just deeply happy, deeply pleasurable. Usually for us, they're surrounded with each other and, and good friends and a good meal and a good glass of wine and just just a few hours of just saying, God, you are amazing. Thank you for all of your goodness to us. Do you know what I'm talking about? Just a deep pleasure in just the satisfaction of having friends and seeing God's goodness in your life. There is tons and tons of pleasure in that. What else, what else is, uh, what else brings you pleasure? Pleasure or happiness. Pleasure, pleasure creates happiness. You know, like a raise at work. I know a lot of us haven't gotten a raise at work recently, but uh, you know when you get a raise? There's just something pleasure. I mean, it's going to enable you to pay your bills better. It's going to enable you in life. And there's just happiness in the pleasures of life, of seeing hard work pay off, and it makes us happy. All right? So pleasure brings us happiness. We already talked about how God made us and God made Adam and Eve and put them together. And, and sex and marriage is designed for us to have pleasure and to bring happiness and relationship and intimacy. God created us to enjoy things of life and to be happy because of them. And so we see that there's, there's happiness because of goodness. There's happiness because of pleasure. And really what we're going to start to see in the Bible is that happiness is our emotional response to good and pleasurable circumstances around us. All right, what else, what else brings happiness? What else brings happiness? How about when something is finished, when something's accomplished, when something is complete? Does that bring happiness? How many of you like to get something done? All right. How many of you like to start something? All right. How many like to start something? All right. How many of you like to see it finished? Absolutely. There is nothing like seeing something done. All right. So if you work in construction, uh, which I'm sure a number of you do, if you work in construction, it's great to kind of break ground, but isn't it better to pack up the trailer and leave the job site and to see it in the rearview mirror? Absolutely. Because it's done. It's like, oh man, we got out of that. We're finished. Man, throw away all the junk. I don't ever want to see that again. Bury that stuff. We got paid and the project is done and you're on to what's next, right? All right. Just like I said about birth, how many, I mean, a lot of you ladies love being pregnant, um, but there is nothing like seeing the end of that pregnancy. All right. And having that thing be done. All right completion. Maybe the first part of that clause was wrong. Okay. Maybe, maybe nobody likes that, but, um, but there's something about perfection or just the, the ending of something that is perfect. All right. Who likes to clean the garage? All right. Clean the garage. Absolutely. Nobody likes to do it, but how many of you like when the garage is clean? 
Yeah, we all do. We don't like the process, but we love the end. And when something is, when something is perfect, man, it, it just brings great happiness. Okay, I don't know if you're into baseball or not, but you remember back in June? I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I guarantee almost all of you know about this. Remember back in June? Well, what's a perfect game, by the way? Anybody know what a perfect game is? Perfect game, all right. How many of them, how many of them have there been in history? All right, since 1900, there have been less than 20 of them, okay? So in June, all right, Detroit and Cleveland were playing. Do you remember this? And this guy, um, Galarraga, I think, was pitching, and uh, sorry, I don't know him. And, uh, and so he was pitching, and ninth inning, two outs, perfect game on the line, right? Grounder, and all of us know exa- the celebrating started innings before, right? Because this guy was throwing a perfect game. And the whole world wakes up for a perfect game, don't they? The whole world wakes up for the joy and the happiness of a perfect game because we've only ever seen 20 of them. And so what happens? Ground out, the guy's clearly out, and the umpire calls him safe. All right? It's the kind of thing where, guess what? All of us know that, man, the guy's out no matter what. Even if he bobbles the ball, the guy gets called out, right? Because we all want what's perfect. We all want to celebrate in the happiness. We had already started celebrating, Even if you don't watch baseball, somehow you heard about it somewhere and you tuned in to watch the game. And there you go. And perfection got thrown away and are happy. We're just, we're upset about it. Because in what's perfect, we find happiness. So perfection produces happiness. Goodness produces happiness. Pleasure produces happiness. But here's the thing. In all of these things, you and I have the experience of knowing that we're not happy all the time because everything isn't good all the time, everything isn't pleasurable all the time, and everything isn't perfect all the time. So are we supposed to, like our declaration says, are we supposed to pursue happiness all the time? Or is it just a random hit and miss where we bump into happiness and we enjoy it for the moment? So you and I are going to pursue happiness And we're going to pursue happiness however we think we're supposed to. And so if you're a Christian, and if I'm a Christian, if we're believers, now some of us aren't here yet, but but if you are, here's the thing I want to say. We got to figure out from the Bible what we're supposed to pursue. Because if we're not, we're going to pursue the same brand of happiness that everybody else pursues. Because straight up the way it works is if, if you believe there's a God, you got to figure out what he wants for you. But if you, if you don't, then actually God's advice to you in Isaiah is you should eat, drink, and be merry. You should have happiness in these moments because in the end, you're going to go to be in eternity without him. And he says, so if you don't choose to pursue God, you should choose moments of happiness because that's all you're ever going to get. And that's a hard truth. You've heard that phrase, eat, drink, and be merry? Do you know what the punchline of that is? For tomorrow you die. That's what God said to the Israelites because they wouldn't repent and they wouldn't return to him. And so all that strikes me at the core because as a person, what I fall into is I fall into these regular paths of just choosing what's happy for me in the moment. And I don't know if you're like that or not, but I got to figure out what does God want from me? You see, Jesus told us like in John 16, he said, I've told you these things so that you might have peace. 
Do you know that Jesus never offered his disciples happiness? Now, Jesus had happy moments, no doubt. But do you know that he never told his disciples he was going to offer them happiness? He said, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to offer you peace. So he said this. He said, I've told you these things so that in, in, in me, uh, you may have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So Jesus says, in, in this world, you're going to have trouble. He says, the world hated me first. And they're going to hate you if you follow me. He says, you will have difficulty, but I will give you peace and I will be with you. And you see, here I am and I'm, and I'm pursuing happiness. And somewhere there's uh, a, a mix up. A couple weeks ago, I was with a couple here up in the crash course and they were just sharing. They said, they said, you know what? We had everything we thought would make us happy. They're in their late 20s. They both graduated from college. They found each other and they love each other and they're married and, and they have good jobs and they have a nice house and they're vacationing the way they want to and they're spending their, their relaxation time the way they want to and they have some disposable income and they're able to use that the way they want to and they have all of these moments of happiness and they have no idea what life's about. And they're saying, is this all there is? And maybe that question's inside you. Maybe you've been here for a long time and, and you know this routine of being here, but you're thinking, is this just coming here and trying to be good? Is this all there is? Is just trying to find happy moments to make me happier and happier and, and trying to be good, is that, is that all there is? And if you've met Jesus, there's a chance that maybe you had that same question. And you found out that Jesus has more for you. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 39, he said, whoever loses his life for me. In fact, what he says is that the disciples, they, they want to be first and they, and they want to be important. And he says, whoever pursues their own life and finding happiness right now for your life, if that's the end goal of your life, if that's your end game, you're going to lose your life. You, you might find happiness for the moment, but you're going to lose it. And he says, whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And I think he's talking a bit about, about this bigger happiness as well. Uh, C.S. Lewis said this, and I'm not sure if we've got it up or not, but he said, and this is just because in talking about happiness, you and I know that there's different levels of happiness. There's happiness today, and then there's like, there's like 20th anniversary, you know, Fiji happiness, right? There, there's different kinds of happiness, right? Okay. But he says this, he says, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised to us in the gospels, he said, it would seem that our Lord finds our desire not too strong. So our desire for happiness isn't too strong, but it's too weak. Okay, track with him here. He says, we are half-hearted creatures. We're fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. He said, we're like ignorant children who want to continue making mud pies in a slum because we cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a vacation at the sea. Can you imagine having the offer of a vacation at the beach, palm trees, 
and saying, no, nah, I'm going to go out back over here. There's a nice little mud pit. I'm going to play in the dirt out here. Yeah, I got to have on down and Gore-Tex and, and, and my hands will probably get frostbit, but, but that's cool. I'll take that. And you see, you and I have this, we have this thing. We're going to see. We have these, these good things, these pleasurable things, these complete things that we're meant to enjoy happiness. We're meant to enjoy them for the moment. But we're not meant to make them God. You see, when you and I pursue happiness as our life, we make happiness our God. And no matter how much you and I sacrifice to the God of happiness, no matter how much I pursue it, no matter whether I think it's in the next house or whether it's in the next car or whether it's in not just a nice saw, but a beautiful table saw, no matter what I think that's in, that God can never deliver happiness to me. I can have happiness for a moment, but ultimately I'm going to be left saying, I have everything I thought would make me happy. And it slipped through my fingers. So maybe it's something else. No matter how much you offer to that God, he will never, never, ever be able to give you happiness. So let's turn to Romans 12, if you would, with me. Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is a great passage and um, we could talk for a month and a half every day about this passage. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And so we're just going to skim through it. And you've, if you've been around church, you've, you've done this before. Uh, you've heard it before. He says this. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think what Paul, part of what Paul is touching on here is, is this idea of ultimate happiness. That God's will, that God's plan for your life and for my life is ultimately going to bring me far more happiness than I could measure out for myself, than I could dream up for myself, than I could scheme and buy and acquire for myself. He really starts, if, if we were going to track all the way through it, and let's just fly over it, he really starts and he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Offer your life as a sacrifice to him. It gets back to what Jesus said. He said, if you want if you want to take everything for yourself, if you want to take life by the horns for yourself and get everything you can because this is it, you're going to lose your life. Now, by all means, we want you to take life by the horns for the kingdom of God. But if you take life by the horns for yourself, it's going to slip through your fingers. There's going to be moments, don't get me wrong. There's going to be great moments. But ultimately, it's going to slip through your fingers. And he says, 
offer your bodies as living sacrifices, not as dead sacrifices, but as an alive, living life offered to God, which what does that do for God? Read it in the text if, if you're looking at it or it says that it pleases him, that it brings him something like our happiness, that it, that it pleases him when we live our lives for him as sacrifices to him. So he says, offer your bodies in an act of worship, holy and pleasing to God as living sacrifices. And then he says this, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. What is the pattern of this world? The pattern of this world isn't, it's not like the clothing we wear or the, the pattern of this world is the life where you and I think this is it. So I got to pursue happiness for me now. I got to look out for myself because, because I don't know what's next, but I got to take care of me. And everyone everywhere in the world with every different religion, every different way that doesn't lead to God, they all go that way. It's the pattern of this world. I got to take care of me now. I got to set some aside for later to take care of me later because me and mine are important. That is the pattern of this world. And he says, don't follow the pattern of this world. Follow the pattern that God has laid out for you. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to him. It's good and pleasing to him. And he says, in that, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And, and just this, man, I would love, like I said, I, I could spend a month, but it says, actually, it's metamorphosis is the word you, actually into a new being, that you would transform into a new and more beautiful being through the renewing of your mind through allowing God to change what you think, to change what you believe. But that involves that, that giving up, saying, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step where I haven't gone before, and I'm going to trust you with my life. Because you and I, you and I have all of these thoughts about what's going to make us happy and what's going to protect us and how I have to take care of myself. And he says, Give that to God and renew your mind. And he says, then, and only then, when you do that, then you can know what is good and pleasing and perfect from God. Only then can you know his good and pleasing and perfect will. You see, we all know that good and pleasing and perfect things, they bring us happiness. They do in every aspect of life. They bring us happiness. They bring us joy. They, but here's the difference. The things that, like a beautiful flower or a beautiful sunset or a good tool or a newborn baby's head or, or a wedding or all of these good things, the end of a hard day and you get paid and you get to relax, all of these things, they bring temporary happiness because of circumstances. And God says, I want to give you so much more. Do you remember Solomon? Remember King Solomon? Uh, King Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived, says God, says the Bible. Um, says he asked for wisdom so he could rule his people well. And you know that he wasn't a perfect guy and he got off track. And in fact, he says in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, everything I wanted, every pursuit of happiness I could think of, I took. He says, I did not, I did not hold one pleasure back from myself. And in the end, he says, you know what? He said, 
It's all pointless. He says, the only thing is God. The only good thing is God. But I want to share this one verse with you that he shares. Um, This is in in chapter 5. He says this. And Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says... Is it up? Here we go. Even so, I've noticed one thing at least that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life that God has given them and to accept their lot in life. All right? It's good to receive wealth from God and good health and to enjoy it, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This indeed is a gift from God. All right? Just like what I said earlier, God has created us in life to enjoy these things. But if we make these things God in our life, they will never satisfy. You and I are meant as people to work hard, to be in good relationships, to enjoy food, to enjoy the end of the day. We're meant to enjoy that kind of stuff. There's no guilt in enjoying that and being happy in that. But if, but if we pursue that as the ultimate end of our life, it's gonna vanish before us because it will never ever satisfy. And you will have to go from event to event, not quite being satisfied, hoping the next one will. And God doesn't want that for you. He says instead, offer your bodies as living sacrifices and know my good, pleasing, and perfect will. So where does that leave us? You guys know what this is? Anybody know what this is? It's a granola bar. All right, this is, this is the original power bar, isn't it? This is the original. Well, I don't know. Maybe there was something before it. But as far as, as I can go back and think, this, and it's been this color and basically this wrapper forever, right? All right. Is this thing good or what? It's good. All right. Um, so imagine, imagine this um, for breakfast. How many of you have something like this on occasion for breakfast? You're in a rush. You got to get out the door, grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of juice, take something like this. Maybe yours has a bit more protein, but you get the idea. This is a good thing, right? All right. So what if, what if for breakfast, um, I've got this right here and then somebody brings me up just an amazing fluffy omelet, man, with everything I like. I don't know how you like yours, man. I, I love a little spinach and, man, some feta cheese and some nice tomatoes and lots of fresh herbs and probably some bacon in there on the side. Do you guys like that? Can you smell it? Absolutely. Man, some bacon on the side and, man, maybe even uh, depending on what kind of place it is, maybe there's toast or maybe it's a croissant and maybe some fresh fruits and berries. You guys like good wild berries, blackberries, strawberries? Oh, man. And, and so somebody says... Hey, man, you know, you, you can have that for breakfast. You can have a granola bar for breakfast. But, but why not have this? Can you imagine being in the place where over and over, and maybe you don't like my omelet, but make your own omelet up in your mind or whatever you like or, you know, biscuits and gravy or whatever it is. And, and can you imagine choosing this time and time again? Can you imagine saying, this will do. I can go with this. That's good. That's all I need. It's not, about, it's not about the fact that you're in a rush. It's not about the fact you're on a diet. or It's just, 
you have a chance for something so much more laid before you and you take the granola bar. And there's a touch of this with happiness because if you and I aren't careful, we're going to settle for cheap happiness. We're going to settle for a life that just kind of gets numbed with the next trinket, with the next vacation, with the next, great as it might be, great dinner. And it's a real temptation because we all want to be happy. The band is going to come up and we're going to worship and, uh, and we're going to share in communion together as well. And if this is your first time, uh, this might be a little bit intense. You know, we're talking about happiness and life and God. And, and we just want to say that you're welcome. We're glad you're here. And we're happy for you to kind of listen in as we talk about these things. And we really want to be a help to you as, as you pursue God. And, and so communion is this, this just simple meal that Jesus said, hey, when, when you break bread and when you drink wine together, or drink juice together, would you just remember that my body was broken and my blood was spilled? And, and we're going to do that in worship together here. And if you're a believer, I'd, I'd invite you to celebrate that. But here's, here's really what I want what, to what I ask you to think about. Uh, and this is whether you're a Christian yet or not. Because um, I know these questions kind of rock me thinking about this. Am I settling less? Am I settling for less than God designed me for? Am, am I being satisfied with a granola bar when there's an amazing buffet on the table? maybe another thing is do you just live for holiday here spending every dime you've got on your pleasure hoping that that next thing will satisfy when God has designed you to be thrilled with with pursuing his kingdom and giving into his kingdom instead see when we make God a happy or when we we make a God of happiness he can never deliver and I just want to encourage you and me to in this moment as we worship to say, God, am I settling for too little? Is it not that I have too much desire for life? It's that my desire is pointed in a, a cheap direction, that you have so much more for me, that my happiness not only ought to be made up of little joys from the day, but my happiness ought to be about you and your kingdom and your things. I just encourage you to ask that of God. And whatever, wherever you feel convicted, I would encourage you just to say, God, would you, would you help me to open my hands with that to you? Would you forgive me? Would you help me to trust in you for more than just this? Would you help me to not be satisfied with another trip to Nordstrom Rack? Would you help me to not be satisfied with closing the next deal? Would you help me not to be just happy with our next vacation, with our next moment? Would you make my happiness all about you? And you know what? I have found in my own life that those dinners become even more enjoyable 
I just got to tell you, the little things of life have even more joy when I make my happiness and my contentment and my life about my King, about my Savior. I don't know how to explain it. I give up the things that I think that make me happy and God gives me more happiness in them as I pursue Him. And I would encourage you to say, God, I want to trust you. So we're going to worship. I'm going to pray for us as we begin. Lord God, this stuff is tough because all of us want to be happy. God, we love the beach and we love those kind of moments in life where the palm trees are swaying and there's not a worry in the world and our life is made up of worries and responsibilities. God, would you help us to not be satisfied with cheap happiness? Would you help us to find our happiness and our contentment and our joy in you? We pray that now as we come before you. We just ask that you would speak to us and lead us and guide us in Jesus' name.